Hello, I'm Dr. Peter Malinowski, clinical psychologist, coming to all of you in the Interior Therapist community, the ITC, this week with a premium podcast all about us clinicians, us Catholic clinicians, not liking clients. This episode, it's called When You Don't Like a Client. Right. Now, those of you that are old enough, just remember singer Michael Bolton in 1991, you know, his, his hit, When a Man Loves a Woman, right? It's like this. When you don't like your client. Boom. Okay, we'll stop there. I don't want to lose you so early in this episode, right? right? In the interior therapist community, the ITC, we are all about the human formation of the Catholic therapist. That is our focus, your human formation. The primary focus is not in your professional development. It's not on learning new skills. It's not about self-care. We do those things, but they are not primary in the ITC. What is primary in the ITC is your human formation on the natural level. Your formation as a human person first and then as a therapist second. And we do this through an internal family systems focused lens, solidly grounded in authentically Catholic understanding of the human person. So I also wanna issue a welcome to any Catholic Psychotherapy Association member that may be joining us for this episode. This is an example of a weekly premium podcast just for ITC members, but once in a while, if there's one that might be of particular interest, broad interest, we will offer it to the CPA listserv. Now. When I was but a wee therapist more than 20 years ago, a serious Catholic, a serious psychologist, I believed that I didn't need to like my clients. I just needed to love them. I just needed to love them in the sense of charity. You know, loving them as an act of the will. Because love is not an emotion. It's from the will. Right? Not from the heart, it's from the will. And with enough willpower, there will be love. That was my assumption, right? I was essentially saying, let there be love in this therapy. And then willing that there be love in this therapy. And it is true, right? Love is an act of the will. Catechism, paragraph 1766, quoting St. Thomas Aquinas, to love is to will the good of another. And it's really important to recognize that love toward our clients is not primarily about feelings. But as time went on, I realized that it was really important to my clients that I liked them. They needed more than my sheer loving acts of will. They needed warmth. They needed affection. They needed the milk of human kindness. Now, this is somewhat complicated because I was trained by a psychoanalyst, you know, kind of the reserve, blank slate, even had the couch, the whole nine yards. And so there were some barriers there. But I noticed that the clients that I liked seemed to do much better in therapy than the clients I didn't like. And some clients, let's be honest, some clients don't present as very likable. You know that, right? Are you picking up what I'm laying down here? Yes. Sometimes we get clients that rub us the wrong way, that get under our skin, that irritate us. Could be their interpersonal style. Could be the things that they have done or things that they are doing. Right? And then we might not like them. Now, I'm going to let you in on a little secret here. I think therapists not liking clients is extremely common. Much more common than we Catholic therapists might like to admit. So, what are we Catholic clinicians to do? 
Well, we can be tempted to hide our dislike, you know, to suppress it for the good of the client so that it doesn't get in the way of the therapy. You know, fake it till you make it. Paste a neutral expression on or maybe even one of those smiles, you know, listen to the client, nod, make those affirming vocalizations we're so good at. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. You know, those kind of vocalizations. Avoid looking at the clock. Don't look at your watch. Sip your coffee. Shift your position. Wonder what you'll make for supper. Drift off into a reverie. You know exactly what I'm talking about. There are times, sometimes many times, when we don't like a client. All right, so let's say that you grant me that point. Right? What do we do about it? What should we do about not liking a client? Well, first of all, I'm going to argue, let's be honest with ourselves. Let's own our own reactions to the client. You're not fooling the client if you deny dislike for the client. They know. Parts of your client know when you don't like them. Those parts are exquisitely sensitive to your parts, and those client parts can feel your parts dislike for them. Your client may not be consciously aware of your dislike. Your client may deny that she feels your dislike. Your parts and your client's parts might collude in an effort not to recognize the dislike within you, but at least some of your client's parts know that there is dislike for the client within you. Those client parts know you can't hide it at some level. Your client's parts are picking up on it. And this comes out in polyvagal theory with the concept of neuroception. Neuroception is one of the three main pillars of Stephen Porges' polyvagal theory. What is the definition of neuroception? In three words, it's, quote, detection without awareness, end quote. We sense something, but it's below the limit of what we can consciously experience. We might think of it as subliminal. Neuroception is the way that our autonomic nervous system listens below the level of awareness. This is a deeply subcortical experience. This is not in our rational brain. This is not in our prefrontal cortex. The reactions happen long before conscious thought. So it's really important to understand that neuroception is not a conscious process. And I describe this in great detail in the Interior Integration for Catholics podcast, number 89, episode 89, called Your Body, Your Trauma, Protection versus Connection. That came out on February 7th, 2022. I'm going to say that our clients have parts that are very much scanning about the signals we're sending off. And they know when we don't like them. They can sense it, even if it's outside their conscious awareness, even if it's really through neuroception. Now, I argue that we need to integrate these feelings that we have when we are doing therapy, not disown them. Disown things are likely to be enacted, for those of you more psychodynamically focused, We've got the revenge of the repressed, right? Things come back with greater power if we don't acknowledge them or own them. That's the first thing. We need to be honest with ourselves. We need to be honest about our reactions with our clients. We need to own them as part of our experience in the moment. 
Second, I'm going to argue that it's perfectly okay to have feelings of dislike for a client. It's normal. Clients do things that are unlikable. They can be aggressive or passive aggressive. They can be critical, demanding, consuming, suffocating in various ways. They stir things up in us. They activate us. They trigger us in various ways. And we don't like that. That makes us uncomfortable. And for us to dislike that is eminently human. But that's exactly how our, quote, difficult, end quote, clients help us. That's exactly how they help us. And I'll get to that in a minute. But I'm wondering if we can get curious about our reactions. This is the third thing. Can we get curious about our reactions, our dislike, right? Our negative reactions to our clients. Can we see those negative reactions as a gift, as an opportunity to understand ourselves more deeply? Can we be open to those negative reactions. Let's not just accept that we have those negative reactions, that we have that dislike. Let's go further. Let's also understand that it's usually only a part of you that is disliking your client. Or maybe it's several parts of you, but it's not all of you. And more than that, it's usually a part or parts of you that is disliking a part of your client. Not all of your client, but only a part or maybe a set of parts of your client. But when those parts of us and those parts of our clients get big, when they blend, when they take over in us and our clients, the dislike gets more intense. So let's be thankful for those, quote, difficult, end quote, clients. Each client is a gift. God sends each and every client into our lives to help us in some way, not necessarily clinically, could be in our, in our life in various ways. Now, we're not supposed to be demanding that of our client. The only thing we're entitled to is basic human respect and our fee. But God has a plan for each one of these clients to help us along the road to our salvation, right? This is straight from Romans 8.28. And we know for those who love God, all things work together for good. And this includes that client that's difficult for you. In The Larger Self, Dr. Richard Swartz writes of, quote, difficult, end quote, people in our lives. And he says, quote, they're my tormentors. By tormenting, they mentor me because they trigger key wounds and defenses that I need to heal. Also, they present ample opportunities for me to see what happens when I don't take the bait and instead remain self-led, end quote. The internal family systems model, the IFS model, uses the term tormentor. It's got a hyphen in it, T-O-R hyphen mentor, to describe, quote, individuals who torment us, but also teach us about what's needed for us to heal, Tormentors can be among our most valuable teachers, for they make us aware of which parts inside us need our loving attention, our care, our connection. End quote. And I absolutely believe that. Different people, the ones that can get under our skin, are going to show us what's unresolved within our own systems, the, the kinds of burdens, the kinds of, the kinds of attachment wounds, the kind of relational injuries, the kinds of things that remain unhealed within us. So when we are working with a quote, difficult end quote client, a client that we don't like, we can look for trailheads. You know what are trailheads? Trailheads are those body sensations, emotions, images, or inner voices, or thoughts, or beliefs, or desires, or impulses that are noticeable within us and often distressing or intense, often not well understood. It's the thing that's happening within us, right? It could be a symptom. 
The thing is that when we bring a trailhead into focus and if we follow it, it will lead us to a part of ourselves. A trailhead is always connected to a part, usually a part in distress. And when we focus on that part, it becomes what we call the target part. And so a trailhead points to the part that generates the trailhead. And we find the trailhead first, and then we follow it to find our target part, which is usually a part that is using the trailhead to signal distress. Right? So there can be all kinds of emotions that we feel toward, quote, difficult, end quote, clients, right? Fear, insecurity, a feeling of being threatened, anxiety, a sense of overwhelm, worthlessness, inadequacy. We could feel powerless, fragile, unstable, vulnerable, victimized. Or we could feel bored, apathetic, indifferent. We could feel sad, ashamed. We could feel guilty. We could feel grief. We could feel empty inside. And we could feel frustrated, irritated, annoyed, hostile, bitter, angry, critical, skeptical. Or we could feel disapproval. We could be judgmental. We could feel disappointment. We could feel disgust or even contempt. We could also find ourselves distancing, feeling withdrawn, feeling numb, detached, disconnected. I'm going to encourage you with your quote, difficult end quote client to be noticing what's going on inside of you, to look for those trailheads, to detect those emotions or those body sensations or those thoughts and beliefs and assumptions, right? What kind of self-talk happens inside when you are in your therapy room with your client, right? What does this relationship with this client say about me as a person, say about me as a therapist? What does that, what happens there? And I'm also going to be inviting you to take a look at what's going on in terms of desires or impulses, especially anything in the realm of sexual or romantic attraction, right? Often this gets denied because it seems threatening to the therapist that, that causes a lot of agitation within therapist parts. And when sexual or romantic attractions get repressed, suppressed, denied, not acknowledged, they gain an extra power because when we repress or suppress that kind of thing, we no longer can use our intellect and our will to engage in it directly. That stuff begins to start just existing in the hindbrain and in uh, the parts of our mind that are not in conscious awareness. And that can lead to all kinds of difficulties and all kinds of behavioral enactments. That's a real risk there. So I wanted to go through all of this. In the next episode, I'm going to take you through an experiential exercise to help you really begin to work with your own system around its experience of a, quote, difficult client for you, one that triggers or activates within you some kind of intensity, signaling something that's going on that's unresolved within you. Okay, and we have another free thing for CPA members, our Philosopher's Cafe. That's a monthly meeting within the ITC where we discuss the philosophical, the theological, the epistemological, the metaphysical roots of IFS. In other words, the anthropology of IFS. How do we ground IFS in a Catholic anthropology and a Catholic understanding of the, of the human person? We have one of those a month. This coming month in March... 2022, March 26, that's a Saturday, March 26, 2022, 7.30 p.m. to 8.45 p.m. Eastern Time, we are going to have a an open meeting so that 
You guys can come too, not just our current ITC members, but you CPA members, you're welcome to it. I'm going to be discussing how internal family systems approaches can help Catholics love their neighbor. I'll do a brief review and summary of internal family systems, and then we'll talk about the potential applications for living out Christian charity, all informed with an IFS lens, all grounded in a Catholic understanding of the human person. So that will be, again, March 26th, that's a Saturday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time, 2022, and you can find the link to register for that in the email that uh, that you found this podcast in, or you can contact our office manager, Patty Ellenberger, at admin at soulsandhearts.com, or you can get in touch with me at crisis at soulsandhearts.com. So look forward to, to you guys being there for that. Now, I am all about the human formation of the Catholic clinician. I am so focused on that. And that's what the interior therapist community at Souls and Hearts is all about. Check it out at soulsandhearts.com backslash ITC. That's our landing page. There are new foundations experiential groups forming now in the ITC for Catholic clinicians and also graduate students in mental health fields. One is sent to launch on March 1st, 2022. Another one will launch in May of 2022. Contact Jody Garneau. She's our lead navigator about that. You can reach her at jody at soulsandhearts.com. The CPA conference is coming up April 30th, 2022, Minneapolis, Minnesota, and I will be presenting from 1.30 p.m. to 3 o'clock p.m. Central Time a workshop called Psychotherapist Heal Thyself, Tailoring Practical Human Formation Plans for Catholic Therapists Now. And I'll actually walk you through the whole process of setting up your own human formation plan as a Catholic therapist. This is not professional development. I'm not talking about continuing education here. This is not therapist self-care. Those are good things. Professional development, self-care, those are good things, but they're not human formation. We're going to talk about what human formation is, why it's important, and how to create a plan for ongoing human formation. We'll also have a vendor table in the vendor hall at the CPA conference, so I hope to be able to meet many of you there. Also, CPA members and Souls and Hearts staff, Jerry Crete and Peter Martin, will be presenting on the spiritual formation of the Catholic clinician. That's from 10.30 to noon Central Time, also on Saturday, April 30th, 2022, Minneapolis, Minnesota, CPA conference. Check that out at the Catholic Psychotherapy Association webpage and get registered if you haven't already. Also, just a quick heads up, that I will be doing a Catholic Psychological Association webinar called Of Beams and Specs, Therapist-Focused Consultation. That'll be on Friday, June 24th, 2022, from 11.30 a.m. to 2.45 p.m. Eastern Time. That's going to be recorded for later viewing. And I'll be talking about how we focus on the therapist's internal world and consultation and on the therapist's contribution to difficulties in his or her therapy work with clients. Therapist-focused consultation holds that any internal experience that a therapist rejects within themselves, right, so anger at God, a desire for vengeance on a parent or whatever, they will also reject in their clients, making that topic off limits in the therapy work. And so this is a brand new approach, very different from other consultation approaches. We use this kind of approach within the ITC to help our therapists have a deeper sense of their own human formation, a deeper self-knowledge, all grounded in a Catholic understanding of the human person. So next week, for those in the ITC, we'll have our experiential exercise. I want to thank you for your attention. It was good to have our guests with us from the Catholic Psychotherapy Association. And we'll end, as we always do, with the invocations from our patroness and our patron of Souls and Hearts, Our Lady our mother, untire of knots. 
pray for us. St. John the Baptist, pray for us.